ultimate life form. Tyrant. <laughs> Wesker, you've become senile. Chris, you'll never understand. It's magnificent. Come on, you test tooth freak. What's good, Internet, and welcome to Session Halloween 2022, or the RE-pisode of Super GG Radio. You like that? Re-pisode. 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 You're not even here. You haven't been introduced yet. Shut up. I'm going to need you to pirate, Joel, this is for you, uh, at least a door opening sound from Resident Evil, uh, zombie sounds like the ooh, and maybe some Wesker bad guy splaining towards the end. Uh Anywho, this is is your boy, Eric Getty Gettinger, here to to get things locked and loaded. With me is speedrunner Alex Arona. I finished it in 30 minutes less than you, and without a god... I can't, no. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. that's that's all the confirmation that's all the confirmation i needed i was i was like damn he did it before oh oh definitely a guide helped yeah it's chris man i'm telling you that item management is key and i am trash at it uh i'm gonna loop in our horror game survivor joel do it what they say is true getty it's dangerous to go alone I kind of was hoping that you were going to still plug it in there. Take this. No. Right. No. You don't, you don't get that. No. That I'd... cost extra. <laughs> how many how many rupees? <laughs> no. Uh, at, le- at least 100. I mean. At least, at least 100. <clears throat> yeah, man. That, that's why uh, Steve and I used to tag team these games. Uh, and lost or last depending on how you look at it but certainly not least is our zombie slayer alec parks i'm really just happy to be here those zombies are ruthless Mm -hmm. and when they turn red you're dead also he doesn't doesn't get that reference no i don't uh uh oh (laughs) (laughs) It's it's okay this game is brutal uh, so this, if you haven't figured it out yet, is our Halloween episode. This this time, I was going to say this week, but that is not true, because this is the second time we're doing stuff this week. Uh, we're going to talk all about Resident Evil 1, the remaster. Uh, so guys, let us slowly creep through this mansion of an episode, and uh, we're going we're gonna to go step by step here. Uh, I, I'm just glad 
that everybody had the opportunity to try it. I am a huge fan of the Resident Evil series, so no surprise here. Open, Openly uh, happy to play it. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you, though. Seems like it was a little bit of a slog, and uh, this is a product of its generation. But let's let's get into it. So, the game starts with a character selection. And I would like to know, I played Chris, I would like to know what you guys did. Who did you choose? Who was your character? Down the line. Alec will go first. Oh, I definitely chose Jill and Easy Mode. Jill and Easy Mode. All right. Uh, Joel, what do you got? Jill. Jill. And Alex? I believe it was Jill across the board. Uh, the reason being is that, again, we were trying to do this for content, not in our own you know, set amount of time whenever we felt at our leisure. So I think that there was a, a, a wanton to try to get to knock this out. And Jill being relatively easy mode. Jill is kind of easy mode. And so you can select the difficulty of Resident Evil when the game opens up. But there are some distinct differences between playing as Chris or playing as Jill. And it adds certain elements to the horror survival game. Chris being that you have a limited inventory, but you're also given a lighter. You also don't start with a gun as Chris. While Jill, if I'm not mistaken, she does start with a gun. She has the lockpick. And she has additional inventory space. And those two inventory slots make a big difference especially if you have to run back and forth to an item box in order to drop off items. What do you think? She also, she also takes uh, one less hit. Oh. So she's, she's a little bit weaker in that respect. One less hit, but the amount of healing items, at least in my experience, I played on normal, was still very generous. Yeah. Wait, so you don't get the lockpick as Chris? You do not. You have to find keys in order to open some of those doors. Oh. Extra keys tiny little keys and it, again with the limit limited inventory space it can be tough so the the herbs let's talk about the herbs the uh you start by kind of hoarding this stuff because you think this <laughs> stuff is all about limited resources right mm -hmm. and you do with the the ammo the herbs you are very cautious in the beginning and then you quickly realize there's no point. Like it, it's it's it keeps coming, <laughs> and and in such volume that it's not going to be able to, you know, be concerned about getting more. So I think uh, in in that regard, it uh, a lot easier than I expected it to be. I I kind of agree with that, but there are ways to play through the game without even getting hit. So people will avoid picking up any of the herbs. And that's that's kind of difficult because the herbs can do a couple of different things for you. So item management, once again, picking up herbs. There's healing herbs. There's a, the red herb, which can like supplement any of the other herbs that you uh, mix it with. And then you have the blue, which heals you from poison. So not just that regular green herb, which is good for healing, but there's also uh, one that will help prevent poison or cure poison as it were. Yeah, if you mix if you mix the blue with the red, it will prevent future poison for a certain length of time. 
the the thing about uh, this game, Joel, is that it's got a high level of replayability in that there are unlocks and different pieces of extra co- unlockable content like outfits based on no hit runs, 100% item clear, like map clearage, getting every single item clears, like even items that you, uh, you know, that at one point you use containers to mix chemicals, but you still have to take every container back to your box and put it in your box for it to get that, like that unlockable outfit. And in fact, there is even a journal entry for the creator and architect of the mansion saying no one will ever guess that there is a hidden room behind the picture of the mansion and what that is is that once you beat the game if you go to that picture Mm -hmm. it's a locker room Mm -hmm. that you can change outfits and you can have like a biker gel or you know these different funny outfits and then you also can unlock different in other in other games you unlock different other playthroughs different characters and stuff like that i could have sworn they showed that room on the map and you just couldn't get to it maybe i didn't see it but yeah that the the locker room i don't i don't remember if it was on the map or not but i do know that that it what it's for is that you can't get to it unless you beat the game first oh and then again you get more costumes and different you get there's like infinite ammo modes there's no you know there is no bullet modes and like you're supposed to be playing and this is the days of ps1 so that's how they get, they kept the content churning and they kept people engaged in playing. So there is like a level of like fandom that have like oh yeah I've beat Resident I have Resident Evil memorized and they like out to Alex uh, to the things that Alex kind of likes to do in his own hobbies. There are randomizer like versions of these games where items are just randomized and you're just supposed to like figure it out and like oh I remember that normally this this you know. There's usually a clip behind this container, but now there's a key. Weird, you know, you're supposed to play it that way as well. Yeah. It's, wow. it's crazy, man. You can do, I think one of them beat it in under five hours. Yes, there's a speed run mode that will unlock other... No saves. Well. No saves. That was that was why at the Just end... Just knife. They, they count you... <laughs> they count how many saves... Just knife. You, how many times you saved, because they will count that in for other modes and stuff like that oh did you save outside of whatever you know yeah it you only saved five times or something really penalize you i i'm pretty sure that in this iteration of the game though you don't get a, a worse ending based on how much you save but i know that in future games depending on how much you're saving or how long it takes you can get a worse ending similar to and i'm sure that we'll get to it in a little bit but some of the differences in the storyline because having played Chris, uh, it is, I want to say, the preferred playthrough because it's more canon to the series. And with Chris, you are getting a, a lot more of those story notes, but at the same time, Jill is just as important for the series. And you get to play with her more, uh, I mean, once you get further on in Resident Evil. Yeah, you you get uh, the Resident Evil franchise roughly has, I want to say, ten to twelve characters, and each game you're kind of seeing a lot of like returning characters, and at least in the background, and you know you're getting notes and journal entries, and like, oh, this is from this guy, and it's like, oh, I remember that guy from the last game, and so it does have a really good interconnection, even with the newer series, Resident Evil uh, Seven and Eight, it is more of a soft reboot with those characters in the background. Yeah. A little bit 
but not not a terrible amount. So one of the spookiest elements of Resident Evil is not just the gameplay, the creaking of the doors, the zombies that jump out, but also the journal entries and the information that you find that isn't always apparent. So as you progress through the story, there are, you know, things that you can pick up, things that you can interact with. And some of the scariest stuff that you come across are those journals where it's giving you uh, insight into the past of the mansion and the things that happened here. And uh, I kind of wanted to get your guys' uh, opinions on it, but this being uh, one of the pinnacles of original scary, scary games, how did you uh, like that or didn't like the journal entries that you found in the course of the game? I like that they were brief enough to where it could keep your attention and, and be quick and snappy and concise, yet still convey what it's trying to do. You and know? the flippy flip sounds of the pages? Yes, yeah. It, that has a nice ring to it every time. It has a tactile feel to it, right? Yeah. I, I it's it's funny to me remembering how all of this how the way things have kind of fell into the zeitgeist like you see uh in other video games the joke of itchy tasty and stuff like that so you kind of get these uh moments that really stuck with the gaming culture and the, and uh I kind of I kind of like revisiting that and seeing where the history lies but also you know the story is always just kind of interesting you know hearing about the uh, umbrella corporation and mm. feeling that desperation in these in these scientists that are just like stuck in this bad situation the slideshow towards the end when you're using the projector yeah 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 you're yeah, that's good. stuff that you're not certainly expecting even the video cam footage that you pick up off of one of your colleagues in the very beginning yes you're like oh what happened to this guy oh that's where he died hmm that's one of the first corpses that you come across is one of your fallen star members. It's really, uh, really can be creepy at times. So guys, enemies in this game, they add a certain uh, terrifying element to it. Uh, least favorite thing to come across as you're progressing through. Just zombie. Zombie's the worst. What do you think, Joel? Uh, the spider was pretty bad. Spider, okay. which like the spider boss or just what no the the, fir- the first time you encounter a spider, and because they the way they handle it, you step inside the room and then just a split second after you start seeing it slowly crawling toward you from behind, mm-hmm. right? And that just that quick slide into the sequence really just it it made it jarring. That's not even the only spider in the room, too. Right. You see that one coming yeah. down, and you're like, oh, hell no. So you start booking it, and then, like, a couple of feet, I think you go down some stairs, and then another spider, and you're like, nope, I think I'm done with this room. Just with burn the, it down. With the original, uh, with this being the first in the series, you get a lot of, like, they were trying really hard with something, and they were making it very cinematic with those camera angles to have something just off camera and you are there enough to hear the sounds and to hear that like creepy movement Mm -hmm. and knowing that like, Oh crap, it's going to be there and it's going to be a thing and I'm going to hate it. And that's that's where I kind of like it about it. 
One of the first uh, more memorable zombie encounters that I remember is you're going through a hall and it's got mirrors Mm -hmm. that are reflecting and you can see one of the zombies just kind of sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. So Alex said it, my least favorite enemy in this game are the camera angles. They are not favorable (laughs) to you. And generally, if you can see what's coming towards you, then you have a pretty good fighting chance. But... The way that it is set up, sometimes you'll either be going through a door or you'll be going down a hallway, and then the camera angle will completely change, and you won't see what's coming towards you until it's too late. And then you're caught in a grapple position, and you have to get your <laughs> get yourself righted. Yeah, there. the The problem I have with the camera angles is that if I'm holding, say, I'm going, I'm holding left on the stick, and my character's going left, and all of a sudden the camera shifts and it's behind my character, I have to keep hold. I can keep holding left, and my character will keep moving forward. But that's super disorienting, and not what a normal person does. What a normal person <laughs> does is let's go with the stick and pushes fo- uh, forward, but the game doesn't uh, doesn't recognize that input that fast, and will all of a sudden move the character backwards now. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's not what I... That's not how that was supposed to go. And, like, and that, yeah, that's where you get stuck with zombies. There was one puzzle specifically that I do want to mention. Ooh, okay. The, the puzzle boss? Pu- it was the... The room that if you stepped on the floor, it, the wall would slowly close in on you, and you could leave... And you were supposed to go behind it and then hit the switch to make the walls open again. Mm-hmm. And from there, push these statues while the walls are closing in on you. The problem is, as soon as you hit the switch to reset the moving walls, running from the switch back around to push the statue had to be four camera angles. Mm-hmm. And you have a very yeah. strict time crunch to knock out this puzzle. And it's very apparent what the puzzle is. The problem is, and why it takes more than five tries, is the only the only puzzle was the camera angle. Because every time the camera angle would switch and switch and switch, and each time you're in a new direction, and you're like, I'm supposed to push this statue, and I gotta book it, and these walls are closing in on me, but holy crap, I'm going, I'm going backwards yeah so i just want to say that that bothered me a lot for sure there's a a lot to be said about the puzzles in this game and the camera angles at some points are not beneficial to trying to solve them you know that being one of the (laughs) the funnier points to make but uh but what about the other guys uh the the red zombie first time you encountered one uh i've played this game before so, what about you guys? Red Zombie was the worst for me. I hated the Red Zombie. <laughs> red Zombie? Hunters I could, hunters I claws, could deal right? with. The Hunters I could deal with. The other, the, the final guys I can deal with. It's just, the, those Red Zombies are just so aggressive. Yeah. They, they really, like, get up in your face way too fast. I remember the group text on being like, Oh yeah, Joel, don't forget to burn the bodies. <laughs> what do you mean I, burn the bodies i t- truth be told i stopped burning bodies very quickly once i <laughs> started doing it I, I i would just rather use the ammo again at, at that point i think really okay yeah yeah so i guess it's not surprising why i was pretty short on ammo half the time but uh, also were you running into a bunch of red zombies not too many actually not too many. Or, or or if they were red zombies, maybe I didn't recognize it. The red zombies are ones where, like, the tendrils are coming out of their face, right? No. 
No? No. Then which one are we talking about? Just zombies that are very fast and aggressive. So oh, if they ran right. up to you instead of walked to you slowly? Right. Well, like midway through, most of them start being that, right? If you didn't That's headshot them, them or burn yeah, them. Or if you didn't, yeah. Okay. So this is self-inflicted. Yep, this is. That's why I, I prob- said aim high. I probably only <laughs> ran into three red zombies, but they were enough to be frustrating to me. There's certain paths that if you have to take the same area multiple times, then it's beneficial to you in order to kill them and burn them right away if you don't get the headshot. So, But yeah, there's, there's other stuff that you run into... Uh, you know, there's uh, what Alex said, the hunter, uh, towards the end of the game, you get these weird insect-like monsters that come after you. They're pretty quick. They come through the air ducts. Uh, you got the giant spiders, plenty of nightmare fuel for anybody. I don't care who you are. There's hopefully something in this game to frighten you at least a little bit, but guys, special shout out to the wasps. They were... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were particularly terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They're, the bee boss, yeah. <laughs> it's not a real boss. but So before we get to bosses, let's quickly talk about favorite moments. This could be your favorite puzzle that you encountered during the game, or something that particularly stuck with you before we talk about the terror that are the bosses in Resident Evil. Anybody, anybody got anything favorite favorite anything i don't care what it is uh well let's just hold on let's just let's just establish this pecking order. favorite weapon joel since you are really new to the series and this is like your first like the first kind of romp and you don't you don't go you don't dig too deep into the horror mm-hmm. but this is like again the 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 big introduction for you i i, I definitely am interested in what you have to say about it Ooh. okay uh the the first time you run into a zombie dog <laughs> okay <laughs> zombie I, dog I, I think that was the first time where the normal zombies, they're a pattern you have to figure out to, you know, keep a certain distance, fire away when they get close, aim toward the head. Uh, but the zombie dog, you still probably have just a handgun, and they appear pretty quick. They're in spots in the background where it's dark, so it's hard to trace where they're at. And then when they jump on you, it is just mauling you. And it's number one, it's a terrifying thought <laughs> of having oh, yeah. that happen. But uh, it, it also is just, it's really effective. You mean the first time you encountered a zombie dog wasn't when you tried to go back out the front door? That's, That's the second time I Thank encountered you, Alec. a zombie dog. And I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure somebody in the chat said, like, don't do that. And, and that made me want to really see what happened more so yep, i think the problem the problem i had is that if you getty that was a camera angle problem i was it, walking across the room i thought i was on the door for the other hallway and it was the front door and i was like i know what happens here mm-hmm. I, this was not what i wanted to do <laughs> i've seen this movie before yeah truly and it's not just that spot but there is a point where you need to defeat a zombie dog in order to move on with the plot, but they're so fast, and the area that you're in is not favorable to you. If you move too far, then the camera angle shifts, and you have mm-hmm. to try and figure out, okay, where am I? And aiming, aiming in this game can be difficult. There is a way to cheese it. 
granted, uh, which is just to reset your aim, because then your character, for whatever reason, automatically tracks it. But still, if you don't know how to move it around, it's very uh, laboring, it's, it's kind of slow, so you have to uh, figure out where you're going to shoot and hope that if you're shooting off-camera, that you're going to hit it. Otherwise, you could get mauled. Easily. Now, let's let's go back to moments. I really think that the game does a really good job of effectively using cutscenes. There, you know, obviously, again, this is... I keep going back to the history just because this is a very historical game. Um, I think that it, you, it's a very effective way to, like, tell the story. It gives you these moments that it takes over and all of a sudden there's like just like a CGI scene. Like the first introduction of the hunters was a very uh, Mm -hmm. effective one for me where you just gotten out of this area and you're just returning to the mansion. You walk in the door, you go down a hallway, all of a sudden there's a cut scene from a first person view of something coming from the area you just were and going down the same path you just walked coming after you. And that's a a very cool scene for me. And I thought the dialogue was pretty decent. I I mean, it's, it's a little outdated, but not like, laughably outdated so uh still had that sense of humor but it didn't pull you out of it completely now uh joel you did mention that another thing that really kind of stuck out to you was the the shack Mm -hmm. why was the shack so effective for you uh well I, i think the main reason is that you get to these places where item box and typewriters are and throughout the game you're sort of led to a learned behavior where these are your safe spaces, right? You're, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's no worry about anything coming in and jumping at you. You can take the moment and let the music hit and let you sort of chill out a bit. And then you get to this one shack and it's out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. And it's, it's a little weird you know, when you walk in, because there's a but fire they give you the going safe, on. They give you the safe room music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ah, like the music. But there are little, like, differences in that a lot of the other safe rooms are basically just boxes that you're walking into. Where this mm-hmm. one, they had details about it, seeing, like, it's this is recently used bandages, and this fire's, you know, burning just fine. And uh, But you start heading back out, and this terrible creature starts stalking in and it's just a violation (laughs) it's its existence is a violation (laughs) i would argue the the opposite i would say you are violating her sacred space by trying to use it to save (laughs) no no well if you read the books and you understand the lore a little bit about it this is a poor creature that has been, you know what? That's fine. You know, you're right. <laughs> no, I think it's no, no I, but it, it mechanically it is a violation of the rules the game sets, yes. and I like right. and I love that it does that. Yeah, because, yeah. That that's my point. Yeah, you die. <laughs> that is that adds to the spooky factor, and it also is you know one of those moments that you do not expect coming from this game. Once you figure out the backstory of that character. It makes you feel really bad having to fight him again. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it's a terrible tale of her being, turning into a mutant and her mom having the same experience, but it's like their language starts breaking down in the messages too, 
to where it's barely a couple of syllables and a very very sad yeah rough stuff there but alex did you have any uh, favorite moments no i can't say what i did <laughs> okay. i i barely made it partly through the first real area i am positive i missed something very simple and it really kind of spoiled my view on things gotcha okay you, you can that? easily hit a wall if you don't know what you're looking for yeah yeah not going to say that that might have happened to other people, but I know for me, getting back on the, the bike of Resident Evil, it did take a little bit longer than I expected in order to, you know, get those sea legs and, like, figure out, okay, this is what I need to do. And it really didn't help being Chris. I will tell you guys, even <laughs> getting that flamethrower and being able to use it for a boss fight, not as helpful. No, not at all. Chris gets a flamethrower. But, Alex, before we talk about boss fights, is there anything you wanted to bring to the table? Uh, no, I think it was just the, like those cutscenes, those first-person views. Okay. And uh, one of the things I also, like, pre-us pre starting this bit, I gave Joel the original FMV full-motion video cutscene of Resident Evil. And to me, that kind of... That, to me, puts that, like, historical factor of, like, when... In the 90s, after Night Trap, we now have a 30-second acted-out Resident Evil intro scene, and it is very funny, and at the end of it, it has everybody like, this actor as Jill Valentine, (laughs) and has them all doing the stupid poses, and it just makes me so happy that it's, it's just so 90s and so poorly done. Yeah, Night Trap. If you didn't catch our coverage on Night Trap... Uh, it's out there somewhere. It's okay. You can keep going. You can keep going. You don't need. You don't need to know about Night Trap. I'm just throwing it out there. We have other content than this episode. <laughs> but, but boss fights. Let's talk about boss fights. Uh, there are some areas or zones that I would still consider a boss fight, even though they are not. Uh, Joel already brought up the the wasps or the bees. That beer that bee fight is very comical to me because if you don't know. <laughs> What you're getting into, they will kill you. Don't take that map. <laughs> you don't need that map. Uh, for me, it didn't proc when I hit the map. Because, Chris, you have to look through in order for them to show up. Really? Us? It just jumps out. Yep. Like, oh, you got the bees now. Yep. You get you get some bad stuff. But, I don't know. Spider boss, terrifying. Because after you kill him, guess what? More spiders show up. <laughs> yep. What don't I want? Keep spawning in. More spiders. Are they there? (laughs) Sure are. Just keep spawning. Uh, Shark uh, boss? You guys like the shark boss? Yep. Shark boss. What I like about about Resident Evil, at least the first one, I don't remember it being the same in the second one, but I I like that there were ways that if you were willing to do the work, you could supersede whole boss fights. Like the boss was just instantly dead. And I like and I like that if you were just to like think about it and really explore the space, you could find ways around these boss fights. It's exclusive to that one thing. The Alright, so I already made it I'm gonna make a joke later in the episode, but the V Jolt is for Jill to use against the plant boss. And if you put in the work, then you can use it so that that fight is 
so easy. You. Well, I was also. I was also going to say that the, the first time you encounter the snake, if you were to save your friend, he pretty much does it for you. Okay, different again for the the Chris. So, for Jill, go ahead and walk us through a little bit of that Alex, so that I can then mirror what happened with Chris. When you first come upon the area for the snake boss, you actually in the game you have to fight him twice. Mm-hmm. But the first time you run into him, you uh, your friend is outside of the room and he has been poisoned by the snake, and he's saying, "I need help. I need some. I need medicine." And you were in, there is a safe room on the west side of the house that has a bunch of vials of medicine right. on, the, on, the, on the shelf. So if you were to go back in a timely manner and get the medicine, come all the way back and give it to your friend, he gets better. You start the fight with the snake boss and you just have to dodge while your friend uh, uses an assault shotgun on the snake repeatedly until the snake dies. So you really don't have to do anything. Right. Assault shotguns are the way to go. Mm-hmm. He gives it to you later, so it's like one of those things. It's like, oh, I got an extra weapon. All right, so in Chris's playthrough, if you save that character, he goes back to the safe room with the other character. I believe her name is Naomi. And she will watch after him, but you do not get his support until later in the game when you encounter the shark boss and he sacrifices himself at which point you get the combat shotgun. So you do not get the same experience. You get that shotgun almost right away. Yeah. After yes, you do. Yeah. So I did not have that until a little bit later in the game. And even then, uh, when you get to the piano, there is a scene where you have to play a piano. Chris cannot play the piano. <laughs> he is trash at it, so you have to leave the room, go and explore a little bit, and then when you come back, this this other character, she will play the piano for you, and you can move on with the story. But subtle differences make it uh, a very uh, replayable game in that regard. So the boss fights are different. Uh, the plant boss, uh, Plant 42 or whatever, the who's its name he is, uh, I had to run around and shoot him and then burn a whole bunch of healing because he's he's not a fun guy. He throws up acid on you. Uh, he'll smack you around with his little whips. He's a plant. He's not a mushroom. Well, fun guy. Yeah, well, he's he's <laughs> something all right. Uh, but then again, you know, getting the flamethrower does help with the spider boss. Well, I'm sure you guys did enjoy being able to, what, shoot a couple of grenades at this plant and... He just goes, wah, wah, wah. Yep. I didn't have to fight him at all. Also, I didn't get him a flamethrower. Yeah, that's that's Chris. That's Chris. Chris, that's Chris, Chris gets yeah, the flamethrower. I I, I, but, but yeah, no, I didn't have to fight him at all. I went in the room and I think I had the other guy. I had somebody else with me and they took shots at him. Okay. And then the, the primo supremo boss fight. Guys. Tell me about your uh, your final boss fight. How was it? You you like uh, giant super zombies that may or may not make an appearance in a later game? What do you think, Joel? I uh, I don't know. That one didn't really affect me that much. Truth, truth be told, 
I mean, I think it was just because I had built up a little bit of immunity from prior moments in the game, <laughs> so that I was prepared. But uh, but he hits like a dump truck. Yes, he he is frightening in that way. <laughs> but other other bosses had sort of kind of reveals that were a bit part of the the fear factor in it. Okay. Last boss is I, not as much fun for me, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have too much trouble with it. I had. I had. I had barely touched my grenade launcher ammo, hmm. so I just wailed on him. I did enjoy was... Western immediately steward, uh, steward and tossed aside. Heck yeah! Oh, that was pretty funny. Nice yeah. little turn of comeuppance at the end. Oh yeah. No, not for good though, as you'll see. What? <laughs> heavy spoilers here it's all spoilers this is a, spoiler. this is what we do spoiler here episode. this is a spoiler episode if you haven't figured it out already Joel, uh, Joel what is your favorite boss though I uh you know I, I actually think uh I'd say the snake okay. I think the snake you, you had that was where you really had to learn to have a little bit of agility with this constrained movement a little, you know uh, especially with those camera angles yeah, and and you you don't have very smooth walking at all, so you have to really get nimble with moving around that way while piecing out your shots. And I think that was probably at a moment where I was very constrained on ammo, so that at, added a ratcheted up bit of tension for it. Awesome. All right. Okay, guys. I think uh, let's try and make our way into this safe room and catch our breath and we'll be right back to run through a couple more things so see you soon And we're back. Back with more Resident Evil. But, you know, this is an older game, and I feel like there's probably some good stuff that uh, we can relate to, but, you know, looking back, some of those puzzles, <laughs> I think you guys can agree, are a bit obtuse. So, uh, let's uh, let's have a little gripe session here. What are the... the biggest problems that you had with this Resident Evil remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it at this point, because even this is uh, much older. Who, who wants first dibs to complain? Alec, you want to go first this time? Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll, com I'll complain. Um, I know it's like supposed to be a part of, big part of the game, but the inventory management was absolutely lost on me. Like, 
certain things can stack, like your ammo. It can stack, sure. But your yep. plants, those can't stack. Mm. No. Nope. Can't grind up all my herbs, but I can stack all these bullets. It seems excessive, it, right? It did. Yeah. Uh, keys, why can't... You can give me lockpicks, but I can't have a damn key ring. <laughs> very valid point right there very valid point uh, those were my big complaints I mean, puzzle games are not my thing which it really is what boils down to Resident Evil is it's a puzzle game as much as it is as a horror game yeah I, I would say I, that, that that remains true to the series go ahead Joel sorry I would say that that was probably my biggest struggle is letting go of the preconception that this was a combat game more than a puzzle game and i kept on taking that approach through several of these rooms to the where to the point where i would skim through these areas not really realizing that wait you got to stop and actually investigate mm-hmm. pick away at the corners and walls to try to find things interactable and then trying to cobble together the right combination for it some of the stuff isn't very clear either, and they try and trick you. Uh, one of the first things that you can grab right away is a plaque off the wall. You don't need that for her. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least uh, the way that we played an hour, more an hour more than that, I would say two hours. Because uh, what you need it as you're exiting the mansion for the first time to go into the next area. No, I found it like halfway through that. Really? I found it halfway. Yeah, I did. I well, you picked it up or you uh, used it? I used it. Yeah, I used it like about halfway before what? we got that outside the mansion. Yeah, there's ways to do it. You get there, baby. I mean, you. So it's all about the or- it's all about the order that you do things. Wait, you were the in the piano room within the first two hours of the game. I'm floored right now. No, no, not two hours. I mean, I think the first the the first section of the mansion I would say is roughly ten hours. Alex I'm so confused right now. He's, Alex he's did the game in twelve hours. Played. Oh he's, no, he's maybe it's maybe game. it's like eight. You play, like play eight. this game ten times, and if down to the point of actually well, speed running it, plotting out strats and, okay. and speed no, running. No, for me, I was like, I know that I need this later. So no, I th- I think it was like five hours. Maybe you're right. It okay, I got really scared there. I was like, "Have I gone insane? Is this no, my I'm Resident gonna... Evil?" <laughs> yeah, I think I might have spent a little bit more. Like, I think I I did try to go through the mansion because I knew that there was going to be more, and I definitely was like, "I there were uh, there were unlocked memories." Um, the last time I played this game, let me tell you about the last time. I it this was game. with me, and we Getty were trying said, to. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? I said, sure. He goes, I'll come over to your house on Sunday. I said, sounds like a plan. And then he texts me later. He goes, Hey, what do you think about uh, what do you think about eight? And I go, In the morning. And he shows up at my house eight in the morning with four forties, yeah. two for each of us, <laughs> and says, We're gonna play some Resident Evil One. Let's do it. Big facts. And I'm like, I. I guess, I guess, I guess, and I'll, I do remember falling asleep at the couch at 11 with a half-empty 40 in my hand, uh, and he was still going hard with Chris, and every once in a while I'd wake up and he'd be like, where do I go next? And i go, ah, no, that room. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's like little, there's little memories here and there uh, from playing this last time. And, yeah. And of course, I, I, did, I played this in high school, so it's like, you know, there's always that. Way, way back in the day. 
And they definitely didn't have like the, I will say it is a godsend, this map feature of being able to know when you're done with a room or not, because that never existed. Mm. That is a quality of life improvement for sure. Yeah, man. I I kept trying to go back to certain rooms and that it said I wasn't done with them. Like I can't interact with anything else in this room. Ah, And then, lo and behold, there was a little bit on the floor. Yeah, little bit of ink that you didn't pick up. God, or like there was a there was like a clip. There was a clip behind. That was a weird. That one I actually entirely missed until Joel mentioned it one week, just offhandedly in Discord. He's like, "Yeah, I found a clip, uh, uh, some bullets behind like a a dresser you had to push in a hallway." And I was like, "That's not a." when I yep. know that dresser, and I went back and I found those bullets. I was like, oh god. That was a big revelation. Yeah. Yeah. There's stuff just so, littered everywhere. Not everything that you need, but man. That inventory. Yep. That's that's probably my what, biggest gripe, too. What about you, Joel? What, any gripes on this? Thoughts? I mean, uh, I, I definitely griped a lot along the way playing this game. Admittedly, I, I can't really... I... I blacked out in anger <laughs> most times uh but i i think uh i kind of also appreciate it for that it's just sort of of its timeness to it and i've come to find sometimes i sort of lag from current or upcoming gen stuff to where i'm kind of at wanting to play and this sort of PlayStation 2-ish, PlayStation 3-ish remake is, I, I think it's of the right speed for me right now. Okay. Wow. Man, and that's I was... A good, that's, a, that's a positive statement. I was trying to get you guys to play, like, the more recent remakes. Okay. No, I'm not there. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm going into that one, Getty. I'm getting into that one. You are? Okay, I'm... I have to. I'm right there for right you. Itself. If you want to borrow some copies, I mean, I got... I got. Oh that no! Stuff. I got a, I got a physical installed. I also got it on PS Plus. I'm ready to go. I got this. And I think I got three. I got three somewhere too. Like I have, I have Resident Evil Three remake there too. It's around. All right. Yeah. You should probably fire it up. Hell yeah. So guys, obviously this is not the easiest game. Like I was saying, some of the puzzles can be pretty difficult. Uh, not always apparent. You know from. The room where if you turn out the lights, then the the eagle will follow you back and forth and you have to grab gems out of his eyes or even, you know, trying to figure out the the goofy puzzle box with the the pieces that don't fit just right. Nope, uh, nope. This game is just so, so crazy at times. Anything anywhere that you were ready to just quit and you were like, now's the time I need to pick up a guide. Or, I'm not sure what to do here. Somebody help me. What, what was your breaking point? A little, little, little bit of help there. <laughs> I think, I uh, yeah. you know, the the chemical one, when you're trying to make the, the plant killer <clears throat> for the boss, was my breaking point. The problem is that the instructions I got didn't lead me to the actual resolution. <laughs> so I had to go oh, no. and actually do the puzzle anyway. Uh, which, that puzzle, it was probably my hardest one, but after I finished it, I re- realized it was just the way that I was, you know, thinking. Approaching it. Completely yeah. messed up. Uh, I had 
they give you instructions and it's like a math equation for each of them and it also gives you some basic letters that say like a equals this w equals this number and you then piece together based on those equations and how you mix up the different ingredients to this final top tier poison or serum right and it just took a lot of step by stepping that i didn't expect to happen and it, it just really clicked once i realized that i was trying to reinvent the wheel a little too much mm. yep alex you have any point that you finally tipped the scales I think that what got me was the puzzle of the unlocking the doors in the in the lab. Okay. You have to line up different x-rays of different people's chests and those letters on the x-rays of their names would give you one of the passwords. But there was a second one that if you turned off the light the x-rays would sh- would show red light ah. on certain parts of the body mm-hmm. and uh i was definitely like i don't i looked around i i definitely went all around that facility not knowing how to find a second password and i felt like then i was like well this is not a thing they're teaching me i feel like i'm just kind of making it up as i go and I definitely had to look it up, and I was like, that seems unfair, that it's like the different highlighted parts of the body. Like, I'm supposed to know the esophagus, the lungs, the liver, and the something. You got this. It's, you got this. It's spelled out cell. Colon. No. Colon. Yeah. <laughs> Coccyx. But it was just that was the that fact either. that I, yeah. I didn't think it was, it was like a, a fair puzzle for me. I was like, for some reason, it felt like that was like a little bit mean-spirited to like have to figure that one out and i was like oh, this is really obtuse i think that that was the main one i did kind of do a couple of things here and there but no that was the main one okay yeah yeah this this game is absolutely filled with some of the most infuriating puzzles if you do not know where to look or if information doesn't seem very apparent i i knew that i needed to get that zombie dog right at the beginning but for the life of me i think i ran around that mansion like two or three times before i was like all right i just need a a little uh, a little hit here a little bump where do i need to be sure enough needed to get one of those silly keys because i didn't have a lock pick so i could so i could get out onto the balcony so that i could fight that guy but man Chris, Chris is not fun to play as. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. That inventory, good God! If I, if anybody listening to this episode takes anything away, Chris's inventory sucks. <laughs> Care what anybody does. I gotta bring to attention one moment in this game, which was the hallway where you can be crushed if you try to pick up a key off. The oh, ground. thank you. Did it happen oh, to you? Yep. I, I sure let it happen to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, I didn't it, realize you could put the key back to stop it from happening. You sure can. Either. Yep. <laughs> you sure can. So that I got that's how I got the achievement for dying. Okay. Okay. It's very funny. But yeah, that's one of the things I was like, "Oh god, I hope somebody talks about this because uh when Alex and I played it, 
And we both completely forgot about that. And it's pretty early on. You're like, oh, yeah. I came across this room. Oh, look, a key. Nope. Nice and try. It is that. It is that perfect kind of, it killed me, now I really want to solve the problem, but I will not have the tools to solve the problem for a while, so you eventually have to let it go and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got hyper-focused after I, failed, after I died to it, and then when I came back to it after they thinking I cleared out all the other rooms, and I'm like, okay, this has to be the next step, what am I missing? Ugh. You're missing that dog. Clearly. If you... You just find him, and maybe with a shotgun, definitely nope. would help. Didn't have the shotgun yet either. Found where I get the shotgun, but I couldn't find the broken shotgun to replace it. Puzzles on puzzles on puzzles. It's definitely one of those. Like, okay, we gotta go to the next one, and the next one, and the next piece, and the next piece. Oh yeah, okay. And just throwing items at you. Not all of them that are important, you know. But guys. Those twists, though. Who thought that Wesker was behind it? Mild spoilers. The whole time. <laughs> I don't know that you can spoil something that came out seven years ago. Uh, seven years ago? Seven. Yeah, it's been 84 years. <laughs> it's been, what was it, 1996? Uh, the no, I'm just going off the remake. Yeah, but the, the plot still. is still the same, 1996. Well, yeah. I think okay. it was 2002 is what I read the remake was. Yeah, but the original was 1996. Oh, Steam has the release date for... Uh, Steam's a liar. 2015. That might have been the date it was published on Steam. Yeah, maybe. All anyway. right. I don't know if... Uh, so, 2002 was the GameCube version, which is this version that we played. And it's a remake from the 1996 version of Resident Evil Oof. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, 20 years. I don't know if it's spoilers at this point. Probably not. More importantly, if you're actually listening to this, you <laughs> sort of came in with the preconception that, yeah, you're going to be getting the full disclosure. The full Monty, as it were? No, that's not what I said. Is, that, is it one of those podcasts? Mm-hmm. No, nope, it's, nope, it's nope. definitely not. Good thing we're not televised. <laughs> <laughs> so okay we had the twist uh and also the twist about your friend barry right uh who wow. was who was family was was kidnapped and they were forcing him to participate in being a villain uh so that they could get the data now joel did you see a- any of these twists coming at all I mean, I knew there had to be some form of betrayal just because by osmosis I know of Wesker, but I, I'm not sure, <laughs> I, not sure I really thought of uh, Barry one way or another. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's sort of just there. And then he shows up and he tells you to do something for him. Hey, you clear out this room. I'll stand back and wait for you to come back. So I, He it, does that a lot, to be fair. Not just the one time. He does that a lot. Yeah, so he's... He, I wasn't his biggest fan, and uh, I think they do that on purpose, because later in the game you did that choice as to whether or not you give him his gun back, right? And you actually did an achievement if you do it back, because technically you save him, although in that match up, the way I played it, he fell off a cliff. He fell off the ledge. Ooh. Ooh. But I still got the achievement for saving him. Well, I... 
we're slightly jumping into our last little bit about the ending that you got, but man, uh, so you guys know, Chris has no berry in it. So this berry story that you encounter is exclusive to Jill. He had, uh, he had Rebecca Chambers? Is that who I had? Uh, let me check. Uh, but I believe so. Uh, maybe that's bl- that's who I thought it was from before. Uh, yeah, it is. It is Rebecca Chambers. She is an advisor uh, for some security alliance and former rookie member of the stars. Oh God, her outfit is so different in the uh, screenshots here. Okay, so I had Rebecca, and she was the one who helped me save a random dude in the hallway that was dying. And she also hung out with me and played the piano. I apologize. <laughs> okay. I, was like, I, I was like, I don't remember who it was. I, I also played this a little bit uh, before everybody else, so it's not as fresh in my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had her. Uh, there's different story beats. Uh, you don't get to learn as much about her as with Barry. But Barry, he, he just seemed like a real badass. He's got that. He's got the hand cannon. The giant. Look, what is that? Like a desert eagle? Yeah, it's not a magnum. Like, for the life of me, I thought he had a magnum that he was carrying around. If you don't give him his gun back, you um, you get a gun that one shots every enemy. <laughs> oh, nice! So that's a that's his gun is it one shots any enemy, like every zombie and every hunter and everything, just one shot. So nice. It's the most powerful gun in the game. Do you need it? Yes. Well, it's more about like if this is the incentive for you to like when you if you were to play it again, being like, you know, I'm not helping you, Barry. I helped you once. I don't need to do it again. Poor Barry. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess that'll take us to your ending. So I had Chris, as I've said many, many times, uh, the mm-hmm. lone member of this podcast right now, and I managed to save everybody Rebecca and Jill from the the terrible dungeon and nobody died during our fight with uh the tyrant I jumped on the helicopter and flew away to safety and I hope that everybody else's experience was as nice and uplifting as my own Alec where did you fall off I fell off in the mansion still trying to get that second damn key nobody survived joel, nobody survived joel <laughs> how did your ending go um you sort of just ran with uh i swear it was chris that meets up with jill right you have to save him yeah you have to save him right right but i, I saved him and then we sort of ran out of the castle and found a helicopter i think yep. uh there's a castle bear- <laughs> I may, may as well then. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I know that Bar- Barry technically got saved, but then he fell off a cliff. Um, <laughs> so, but it's a technical victory, I think. It was no, just when did he fall off the cliff? What cliff? Not sorry, not cliff. You're on like an elevator kind of thing with that monster. Oh no, you can save him off of that. Ooh, okay. well. Now I. That's, I'm, yeah. Now that I don't know. 
because I saved him from that that elevator monster. But at the same time, the final battle, he comes out with Chris and Tyrant can kill them both there on the helipad. And that's what the problem for me was, is that I was like kind of wandered a little bit and like was looking around and kind of avoiding the tyrant. And he slowly meandered over to Barry and then he just just stabs him right through the chest. And that's pretty much it. You have to kill the tyrant before he gets to Barry. And I did not do that. So I had him saved the entire way. But at the very end, my uh, God, Alex, what have you done? Yeah, I just was. I was a little slow on the uptake on that. But you got Chris. No, that. Yes, I got Chris. All right. One of the things that you can miss is finding the other star member, either Jill or Chris, if you don't get the discs to unlock their cell, because they are trapped, trapped forever. And the disc section, there's three discs necessary, and they are in the lab. The and the discs are in the lab, so are the spots you have to insert the discs. One of the tricky one part of mine is was in the mansion. One of them, one of them is in ah. the mansion, and kind of early on, depending. Mm-hmm. So, because you revisit the mansion uh, at least a second, possibly third time, and you, if you had not found the disc, uh, but then like you go into the sci- the lab, you're not going back to the mansion, so you could easily miss the, uh, on the stars member. But you need them. You need them. They're essential to the story. Yeah. Otherwise, you get the bad ending. What's bad about it? Now... You should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I did want to kind of go into a little bit more of the history behind the game series, Joel. The uh, the reason why is because it's, it's just a fun overall series that has a lot of uh, ideas behind it. So... You get to play with uh, either Chris or Jill and getting these different experiences. The The integral part that you were supposed to kind of understand is that you, you, what, you're, what would happen in your playthrough with Jill could affect what happens if you start a new game with Chris. Items would be moved around. Things would be missing or added. And the idea was that if you're playing as Jill, Chris's story is happening in tandem. So... Uh, the way they wanted you to do it was to play through it once and play through it again. And because items were moved around, the the thought the thought process behind it was, oh, Jill moved everything around. Hmm. But it they they continue that process in Resident Evil two and three, where they are constantly trying to find an interplay between these two playthroughs to make it that they affect each other. And I think with two they went more in depth where they started. They would put an ant, like a, a gun clip on a desk, and if you got it with with the the female character or the male character, whoever got it first, in the second playthrough, it would not be there, mm. and it just would be gone. So they kind of made it so that like they started like, oh, the second playthrough is just supposed to be harder because half the stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. So they kind of kept doing this for three games, trying to, and they started they they moved back up, they did something different. Like four is almost like a completely different game. It's totally different. But, Four is the first one I ever played. That one was more action heavy. Yeah. That one's more trying to be an action shooter and, and a little bit less on the puzzles, but still. One, two, and three was where they were trying to find that sweet interplay. And on top of that, Resident Evil was double discs. One playthrough was on one disc, one playthrough was on another disc, and halfway through the game you would swap discs. 
So going to the lab, if you're on the Jill disc, it would ask you to put in the Chris disc. And you're, not, you're still playing as Jill, but it's the back half of the game. So that also continued in Resident Evil 2, where it was one character was on one disc, another character was on another disc. And it just was, it was supposed to be this interplay. It was supposed to be the, the, the idea that you could play and it's a completely non-linear experience because these characters are so different, but it's, you know, they're in the same place. And uh, it was, it was kind of a fascinating idea. It was, it was kind of like a, like a Peter Molyneux fable idea where he just, the the directors has this big, this game is going to change how all games are played. And it, it, you know. It tried some. It tried a lot of new, neat ideas, and that's where I, I, I find it historically important because it really was trying something new, and it didn't necessarily succeed. But the idea is there, the spirit is there, the the thought process is very fascinating, and I and I like it for that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a little bit of the history for you as somebody who like you know you didn't really you weren't there for that but I remember in high school being like reading you know uh, Game Pro and being like this game is completely different and I'm like oh man that's that seems interesting though I I was always too scared to touch these games they're spooky man and also for historical reference if you were to go to this uh, our podcast discussion channel <laughs> there is an image here I've put of the original Resident Evil case. Just so you can see the real '90s view of a Chris Redfield with an assault shotgun, with two very poorly photoshopped giant spiders behind him. I mean, this whole picture looks awful. So, <clears throat> and you can see it's not like the, the square PS1 cases; it's the big one. It's the big VHS-sized uh, game case because that's it was a very it was very early in the PS1 cycle. This is art. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is hard. Oh, it's man. it's one of those things that like when you pick up the game case and it has nothing to do with the actual game, and you're mm-hmm. like, wait, this isn't this doesn't look accurate to anything at all. But you know, that's wait, there's dinosaurs fun, in this game. <laughs> it's a fun. Yeah, doesn't it look like dinosaurs behind them? Yeah, and oh, and when of course this also led to the Dino Crisis series, which Dino Crisis one and two were fixed camera. Yeah, I'm good. And Never. they were suffi- and, and in fact, now there's like a survival horror genre because this is what this. These games this were, is the Resident called. Evil episode, Alex. Get your Dino Crisis out of here. But I just mean that there's so much stuff that is historical based off of Resident Evil, including again the survival horror yeah. genre. When you boot up Resident Evil, the game says this is survival horror. And after that, it's just like, oh, every other game. Oh, I'm going to make a survival horror game. What's that? Well, here it is. You know, this is the root. For sure, this game is history. And maybe maybe people are going to be listening about this or they, they're going to be playing it dozens of years down the line. And they're going to be like, this is something else. But even today, we're, we're talking... 20 years after the the remake uh what 26 years after the original we're still holding this up and saying hey this is one of the original the not the standard maybe it is the standard for some people but this is what survival horror is inventory management creepy things jumping out at you and it's it's an experience it's hard to recreate something like that especially when you're sitting down playing it for the first time it is different there have been numerous games not just the the numbered games but there have also been additional games that were created for resident evil tv shows movies this is there was a game recently that we getty what was that game there there was a resident evil game you played 
that wasn't a Resident Evil. It was an indie oh, title. Man. Oh, man. What was it like? Last year. 19... Uh, was it It was like 1984. Hold on. Let me Something like that. Find. I'm also checking. Don't use Google, Alex. <laughs> no, it was on the beat list last year. Uh, no. You beat it last year. I don't beat games. I romance uh, games. Let's see. Getty. You romance... Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's gross. Um, I don't see it on this No, list. because I... It was one of the games that we talked about last year. You didn't beat it? No. No, we, we beta tested. Well, it was one of the games that we talked about on the podcast. Anyway, yeah, not the point. No. Everything splits off from here. And there's like, again, even nowadays, we, we beta tested a game that was very much just bringing back to these kinds of styles of games. And I think that that is very cool. I think it's very... I can't remember... I remember thinking that Resident Evil was one of the first horror games that stood out to me as like, that is legitimately scaring the crap out of me. I think Night Trap was supposed to be scary and it played so hard for laughs that I never saw that as scary. Night Trap was supposed to be scary. Thoughts, Joel? I just think that PlayStation 1 was the first time to me that a game could really pull off an environment to actually make it disturbingly creepy and, and jarring, you know. Uh, there were games for Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis that would definitely go for creepy, but everything was a little slower, and, and I, I just don't think the production value was good enough back then to really convey some of that. And I think also it hit at the right time with the inclusion of 3D movement, so it was a new move style for people to get acquainted to, which made it harder. And the difficulty being ratcheted up really is an important part of what makes the horror tilt work. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I still can't yeah, I, I think we've said quite a bit about Resident Evil. Alec, do you want to throw anything else in there while we're... Before we head into our final one last thing? Nope. Really? Well, you know, there was also those times where there was mandatory grappling and they, oh, hey, look, I found a dagger. Ah, you get grappled. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, you're supposed to you're supposed to use it to stab them in the throat. Yeah, I know, but I don't need it to mandatorily put me in a situation where i have to use it after i just found it let me let me get there on my own let me suck oh, okay i liked it when i got a taser and i could just tase him in the throat i'll tase a zombie in the throat <laughs> i don't give an f oh daymare 1998 1998 daymare 1998 yeah that one was very uh re-esque well guys uh let's slowly zombie shuffle over to our final resident evil thoughts brought to you by v jolt uh if you have to kill a plant boss then you should definitely use v jolt unless you're chris and you're a chump so guys my final resident evil thought is good god damn i cannot wait for the third person and i think it might be out it might have just come out third person playthrough for re8 so that you can play uh, and get chased by a giant vampire woman in and and watch her behind you 
It's terrifying. She's like eight feet tall. She's she's gigantic, and you know what she turns into, right? No spoilers. Yes. No spoilers. Uh, that game's still new. <laughs> it's it's relatively new. Alex, hit me. Can you guys imagine working in that environment? Good. No. Where just to like file a fax, you got to put in three pendants, one tiger eye jewel, and have at least two and a half keys plus a dog whistle just a file just to send a fax that seems excessive i feel like i shouldn't have to take a broken shotgun put it on a ledge and then and and then take take a, a key out of a a moving wall and push a statue into a spot and rotate it three times and put it back into a spot just to get a memo approved still, i feel like still better than snail mail not not hanging out with Wesker, I'll tell you, man. He probably would have just, just walked you over to the building that's adjacent to the mansion. <laughs> it's not. It's not in the. It's not adjacent. You Isn't have to put it? two medals into a fountain. Let me tell you, this whole game could have been an email. I don't know. I answer emails all day. Joel, what do you got? That oof. You had to take a long breath for that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be continuing Resident Evil. I, I think, Is it sold uh, you on the series? I think I am ready for that journey. Yeah, I, at the very least, I want to check out the next one or two and, and see how it uh, keeps shaping out to be. But uh, I once I learned the language of how to play this game, I came to appreciate its difficulty a little more and understanding I needed to slow down, stop running through places, take a look around, and investigate. And uh, play this game in the dark, because if you really want to feel, you know, the oppression of all these monsters and these terrifying environments where it's dark and you can hardly see anything, and you have to fight with not just these zombies but the controls, like it, it's it's a cool experience. Joel is a man after my own heart. Always play horror games in the dark telling you even if it's 11 o'clock in the morning you draw those blinds and you play in the dark because it just adds a little bit extra to it headphones too make sure you got those headphones on headphones are a must yep i am real glad though that we were able to like we like we kind of convinced joel to play to like get into the series give it a shot and in the end he kind of came out as somebody saying like I am now interested in this series and that makes me very happy because I, I do I know I'm a big scaredy cat I know that I have not played a majority of the series but I I am a big fan of Resident Evil and I from from afar and I will probably continue playing these games as well so well that is great news to hear from both of you but Alec it is your one last thing you know I will not play probably go back and play resident evil 2 and 3 but i'm gonna keep an eye out on 4 since they're re-releasing that uh what in march rumor has it so yeah uh that one i have fond memories of maybe i'll actually go through and beat it this time all right so if you like survival horror there are plenty of resident evil games there's movies there's tv shows there's there's anything that you could possibly imagine, or, you know what, maybe not imagine, but it's still out there, uh, for this game, this genre. So we at Super GG Radio highly recommend 
that you experience it at some point. And uh, we've spent the time. This is our Halloween episode. We are, uh, I think we're signing off for tonight, so if you would like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is mail at superggradio.com and provide us a review on iTunes or the scary tombstone of your choice. Thanks for listening, and good game, Alex. GG, Getty. Good game, Joel. Good game. Good game, Alec. GG. Ooh, spooky.